Hey, Teresa. Hey, Sam. What's up? Nothing much. I've been watching The Bachelor. Same, same. It's been it's been a wild time. Some tea going on there. Um, can't say that I'm surprised, though. I feel like I'm more surprised that something like this hasn't happened before. Yeah, I feel like there's so many problematic shows on TV, and Bachelor is kind of the pinnacle of that, and it's surprising that no one's even tried to, like, cancel it. But um, I feel like even when problematic shows get canceled, they always find the way back. Like, do you remember when Cops got canceled over the summer for like a week? Mm. And then right back. People forget so fast. That's a good point. Um, Putting in our predictions in right now, do you think The Bachelor will ever really be canceled? Yeah, I think it will. Or I think it'll become different than it is now. Because I think the way it is now there's just a lot of like very obviously bad things about it. Like the fact that multiple people go in and there's an expectation you have sex with someone is also weird. Um, I just think there's a lot of things about it that are weird and that will be like kind of forced to be reformed a little bit. All right. Well, we'll see um, when we listen back to this podcast in maybe one year. (laughs) something will have changed um but we are super excited for today's episode um because on today's episode of two virgins we will be interviewing um artist london avery over a cup of horchata great let's get into it So for today's drink, we have chosen horchata, which is one of my favorite drinks from back in Chicago. I haven't really gotten it in New York as much, but it tastes pretty similar. But I chose horchata because I have a lot of just positive memories um, associated with it. I remember my mom works near um, a restaurant that serves it and she would always pick it up on her way home with like a burrito and we would eat it for dinner and it's just such a comforting um drink oh that's actually really cute i feel like i don't have any memories with horchata um i used to order it maybe like once um when it was like on a medici menu or something which is like a restaurant in hyde park um but I like the drink. I really like milky drinks like that. But yeah, I think that it um, is really creamy and not too sweet. And also reminds me of Chicago. Like, I don't know why I just see horchata on the menu more in Chicago. Maybe because I don't go to that many restaurants in Philly. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It does have that Chicago connect for me as well. And I think it's just because I feel like Chicago is unique in that there's like great places that serve horchata everywhere. Whereas I think in New York, at least I've found you have to like find your spots. Um, and definitely store-bought horchata doesn't taste anything like um, horchata from a restaurant. Yeah, overall, definitely one of my favorite drinks we've had in a while. I feel like we've kind of gone for some wilder drinks lately. So it's nice to bring it back into a homey drink. I mean, last week was hot green tea, so it wasn't that wild for me. <laughs> Maybe for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but anyways, we are super excited for today's interview because speaking of Chicago, actually, hey. um, we're going to be interviewing artist London Avery, who right now is based in New York, but he's from Chicago and might I add still visits there, um, frequently. Um, so, you know, we still obviously claim him, um, as Chicago based, um, but yeah, so I really um, love London Avery's music. He released A Tale of Two Cities um, in 2018, and he's preparing for an upcoming um, album, self-titled album called London Avery that's going to drop in the next um, month or so. Yeah, uh, I know we're really looking forward to the album. He's also affiliated with New York Lab, who we had on the podcast about a month ago, and they're just doing such dope shit in New York. Um, and it's great to see so many exciting artists coming um, out of there. We also just had Mavi drop an EP last week as affiliated with New York Lab. So it's awesome to see everything they're doing. Um, and London's music is, I think it can appeal to a lot of different people because it has this very lyrical, very emotional um, feel, but he also incorporates a lot of more trap-based elements, a lot of poppier elements, which make all of the tracks feel not never like a chore to listen to. It's always a lot of fun to listen to, but you always know that he has like a real meaning behind what he's saying. Yeah, and I'm always just so impressed with um, people who are dropping things like this and they're literally like our age. Um, and they're just so like creative um, and just so in tune with their emotions um, and writing, which is um, awesome. So yeah, with that, should we call London up right now? Yep, let's call him up. How y'all doing? Good, how are okay, you? Man. I'm good, it's a nice day today. Wait, where are you calling in from? I'm at the crib now, my bad, I was on the train. It was. <laughs> Yeah, you're good. Are you in Are you in New York? Yeah, I'm in New York. Okay, cool. Yeah, we know you're also from Chicago or from around Chicago. Mm -hmm. And we just want to talk to you a lot about kind of your come up and about Chicago too, if that's cool with you. Oh, yeah, sure. And I, um, I left Chicago when I was like six. So most of my like Illinois experience is period Illinois, which is like... Okay, yeah, yeah. I just mean, I feel like the whole Chicago area has a similar feel. Oh, yeah, but yeah, that was the first thing we wanted to ask, actually, is um, I know, like, you like to focus a lot in your music on your come up and your early experiences. And how did the city or like the area of um, Peoria and Chicago, Illinois, inspire you? Uh, really just being in an environment where it's like so hectic and there's a lot going on, it kind of like... Well, first of all, it helped me to like focus on music because I was just trying to find a way out of there and like to help my family and stuff like that. And you know, in the hood, really all you see is musicians and like ball players. I stopped growing in like seventh grade, so ball was an option for me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, also just like the daily struggles of like just living in that environment, it just, I don't know, the pain and stuff, it inspires the music. And so um, can you just tell us a little bit about, you said you grew up in Chicago, but mm -hmm. obviously you're not there now. So sort of like 
talking about um yeah your experience growing up and sort of when like music came into the picture so um I moved a lot as a kid um just because my mom was trying to get it however she needed to get it so I started like playing instruments early early like I learned piano like at like four years old and my family and my like and my friends stuff just like saw how like well I attached to it and they just supported me and and I by sixth grade I learned like six different instruments and by seventh grade um, my cousin Courtney he started rapping and I wanted to learn how to make beats so I can like help my cousin out and so I started making beats in like seventh grade and then my eighth grade year he got killed in my granny's house and after that like I, I quit music for like a year and then I don't know just like a year later just something in me that was saying that I just need to keep going and then I started rapping myself and that's how I got involved in like hip hop and making my own music. Was it hard to like learn the skill of rapping coming from an instrumental background? Yes, it took me a while, I'm not gonna lie. Like the melodies and stuff are always there because like I was in the choir and stuff like that as a kid. But um, like writing and stuff was definitely hard for me, but I just kept listening to my cousin's music and like getting inspirations for everything and just writing and writing and writing until I got to where I was comfortable. Yeah, and sort of on that, so after um, your cousin passed, I guess, how did you find the courage to, um, I guess, start writing after taking a break from such like a tragic experience? Um, I felt like I didn't want my cousin's death to like, go in vain, like be in vain. Like, I felt like he really was one of the ones that was pushing me to do music. So I felt like if I just quit, then it's like I'm quitting on him too. So it after like a year, it just gave me even more motivation to go harder. Yeah, definitely. Um, and kind of going to some of that um, earlier music, uh, going back to your project Tale of Two Cities. Can you tell us a little bit about what that title meant and what that project meant to you? A Tale of Two Cities. Okay, so after my cousin was killed. In my eighth grade year, my mom like sent me to live in the suburbs because she just wanted me out of that environment. And so Tell Two Cities was just a story based upon like moving from the hood to the suburb at, at 14 years old and like just the, the differences and like the pros and cons from each one. Like, cause I moved to the suburbs and thought I was safe, but I had a school shooting and went through a school shooting and like all types of racism and stuff that I had never experienced before. So like, it was just a story of telling how like, there's problems everywhere you go and you can't run from them, you know? Yeah, yeah. and if you don't mind, do you mind telling us um, sort of a little bit about that shooting and your experiences at that school? Because I, I read that you talk about sort of that in your music. Um, yeah. so so first of all the first week of school <laughs> I come to school and there's a class called it's a swim class where you have to learn how to swim there's a pool in the middle of the school like a full-size Olympic pool which is which was crazy and coming from like the hood where our school didn't even have air conditioning and like so but I, I'm actually really good at swimming because my mom made me learn <laughs> and so I was beating all the kids in the class on the like first day 
And so like some of the kids that was on the swim team got mad and it's like started calling me nigga on the first day of school. Like, and I, and I got in a fight the first week of school, like in the suburbs. So like that just kind of really set the tone. And then like some weeks, like the next year we had a school shooting. I was, I came to school and it was first period. And I was walking this girl to her class. And as soon as I go to put my hand on the door, I just hear pow, pow. And everybody starts running in the hallways. And the shooter was in the was in the room, but the girl who I was walking, her brother tackled the guy that had the gun and the shots that rang off just shot the ceiling because so he didn't get to shoot anybody. And like, the teacher and him like held him down, pinned him down to the police came. We ran to like an empty classroom and then the SWAT had to come. And it's crazy because the guy that was a shooter was in one of my classes and he just seemed like a normal, normal guy. Yeah, that's wild. Um, yeah. And something that I really appreciate about your music is you have this ability to like dive into deep things while still finding catchy rhythms. I mean, catchy melodies, like little rhythms, little pockets and all that. How do you bridge talking about real issues with finding the melody in like the poppiness in every song. Thank you. That's and that's what's very important to me because I've always been a fan of like, you know, music that you get some like substance from. But I've also been a fan of like pop music and like, you know, catchy things. So I I've always just wanted to merge the two things. So I think both of them are very important in music. Cause you want to be interesting and you wanna cause I love music. Like I said, I've been playing six instruments since forever. And just being able to merge like content and actual like substance into good, great music is like my main goal. And I don't know, to do that, it just, just like I said, it's writing and writing and writing. I have like 200 songs just in the, in the cut and just playing every, I play piano and guitar like every day. Like as soon as I wake up, just try to get to it. And that helps with like the vocal melodies and everything. No, that's so awesome. I I used to play a lot of piano like growing up and then I like literally stopped once I got to college. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. So it's no, it's so impressive that like, well, I mean, yeah, you, you're obviously more talented than me. <laughs> but um, yeah, sort of like I wanted to go back to your writing process. Um, so when you write about, you know, like experiences like the school shooting or the racism, um you experienced do you like how long of a time does it take for you between that happening and you being able to write about it or is it something that you're able to talk about immediately after as something that's sort of like therapeutic um honestly it depends something that's like like more sensitive like I've been writing this song about my cousin like for years and I just it's just uh, really emotional for me so it's taking longer but like some things that I can I can just write about then and there. It, it really just depends on the situation, honestly. But like like relationship stuff, like I can write about that like as soon as it happens. <laughs> and I feel way better right afterwards. Yeah, that's awesome. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we focused a lot on the um older stuff, but we'd love to dive into um, I guess the year that you're planning on having this year, could you talk to us a little bit about the project you have coming out and then uh, the first single? Oh yeah, so this project is gonna be really different from what I'm like usually used to because 
like I said, I produce like usually all my music and everything like this. This project, I've decided to collab with one of my young producers, Siete. He's a 16 year old kid in high school that just had some phenomenal like talent that I thought needed to be shined. So I um, collabed with him and this album was just basically my more vague like intro to who I am as a person. Cause the Tales of Cities was like a story of like my life. London Avery's is a story of who I am. But yeah, this year is gonna be crazy if everything opens up, man. I really hope everything gets open so I can perform and talk to the people, you know? The virtual stuff is kind of cool, but like at the end of the day, I make music to touch people and to so people can feel what I'm saying. So but yeah, I'm you, really excited. You just said that this album is about who you are. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how you like came to be able to kind of figure out who you are and put it in music? Yeah, um, it was actually kind of difficult for me because I'm a lot of things, honestly. Like, I have a lot of different, like, not moods, but, like, um, different versions of me. Because, like I said, I grew up in the hood, and then I moved to the suburbs. So, like, I'm interested in, in the whole different types of music. So, there's some, like, dance hall stuff on there. There's some, like, poppy-type music. Then there's some hood music. There's some regular trap stuff. And then, like, I just wanted to show that, like, you can be like everything that you truly are, you know? Like you don't have to like, just box yourself into like a category. Yeah, and I'm sure that you've like worked on this project for a while. So I guess like, has the vision for your self-titled album like changed throughout that process? And also if you could just like tell us sort of like when you started working on the project and sort of like the process behind it. Um, I started working on the project probably about a year ago. And honestly, me and Siete, the producer, I've never met my young boy, but like we've been texting back and forth because he's in Connecticut. We've been texting back and forth for like two years now. And so he's just been sending me beats and I'll add something to it and just get out the way. But um, the process didn't really change. It's the same thing from the last from the last album. I just didn't produce it, so it's just that's the only difference. Honestly, I engineered all myself and just sat in this room and just recorded. Was it tempting? Because um, I know you've done a lot of production, play a lot of instruments. Was it tempting to like get the beat and play with it a little, or did you yeah. know that you wanted to like keep it the way? <laughs> yeah, it's very tempting. And honestly, I did on some of the beats, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but my my young boy was so talented that like honestly, a lot of them I didn't even have to touch anything. So who is this man? He's Sixteen years old. Yeah, he's seventeen now. Oh, <laughs> he grown now. <laughs> Uh, produced by Siete, man. It's just young, my young boy from Connecticut. I don't even know what to say, man. He's just like mad talented. He's um with um Danny Wolf right now. It's his management, but he's he's nice, man. And so I know you're collaborating with him on sort of the production front, but you also had like collaborations on um your album Tale of Two Cities. Are there any? 
like other vocals or other people who have been working on the project with you? This album is all London Avery. Uh, no features in this one. The next one uh, is the Tell Two Cities 2. Like we'll get back to the Tell Two Cities vibe. But this one is just, I just want to show people who I am as a person. So I decided to go no features this one, just straight through London Avery. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense, especially for a self-titled. Mm-hmm. Um, but one other thing that we saw was that even before the albums come out, this has been a pretty big year for you because uh, you got the the like TV feature placements and we heard your music is oh, yeah. the X Games and all that. X like, Games, the, the Lakers game. I was, and I didn't even know that that was happening. I just One day I just woke up to like, 12 missed calls and my friends you know you're on the Lakers game yesterday <laughs> I'm like no what like my life is not telling me anything but yeah this year's definitely been a big year well what's it been like to hear yourself like on tv Honestly, I've never seen I miss it every time <laughs> I've been on I've been on four different ESPN shows and every time I miss it I swear to god when I come home I just turn on ESPN and just wait like just wait like hoping that I see it but I never do they don't tell you when you're gonna be on? No, no, they don't tell you. <laughs> they don't tell you. What if this whole time your friends are just lying to you? <laughs> Trying to just gas funny, you up. The funny part is the first person I saw was my grandfather who was not technically savvy at all. And he just saw my name and he was like, nah, that's not London. And then he took a picture and was like, is this you? I was like, that's literally me on the ESPN. It was crazy. Crazy. Wait, shout out your grandpa for like yeah, being grandpa, on top man. of that. Yes. Oh okay, he whipped out his phone. He was ready. Ready. <laughs> um yeah, so sort of around that time I feel like you released your um music video for mm-hmm. intro. Um and I believe that was released in November, which was like obviously during the pandemic. So can you talk about sort of like the production of that video? It seems like it was in New York um, and like when you shot it and stuff. Yeah, we shot it like in the beginning of October. And um, yeah, it was very cold outside. <laughs> but um, we had a lot of outside scenes because of, because of COVID. Um, but it was very fun shooting around. It was my first time like really just walking around New York because I moved here in, November, in October. So... Like, this was my first time actually, like, getting to, like, walk around and see New York, at, like, as we're shooting a video. So that was kind of cool to me. Yeah. For sure. And what's your experience of New York been like since you moved here? <sighs> um, <laughs> I can't really give a, like, accurate assessment because of COVID. But it's a really beautiful city and dirty at the same time. But, um yeah i love the people here and like just the honesty like the brutal honesty is like amazing like people here is cool the food here is great i'm just ready to get out the house that's about it yeah i think i think we all are (laughs) um and what would you want listeners if they could take away one thing from this new album what would you want them to take away to literally just be yourself and like um Mad corny, but like literally don't let anybody box you into like what you're trying to do because I feel like it's very easy for people to try to like, I don't know, that like downplay who you are. 
Yeah, and like, um, I guess like for you, cause you know, you moved around so much um, when you were young, how did you find the confidence um, to kind of like stick with music um, despite like all, all the things that were going around on around you? Honestly, it, it helped me even more because music was always like Oasis. Because I moved around so much, I always had to make new friends and new schools and all that. But like my piano was always with me. My guitar was always with me. So like when I moved to a new city and I didn't have a lot of people to talk to, shit, I just sit in my, played my piano for two hours and it was fun to me, you know? So it kind of drew me into music even more, honestly. Definitely. Um, and since you do know so much about all different types of music, is there are there any artists out there that have really been grabbing your attention or inspiring you? Like they could be new or old. Um, honestly, <laughs> I listen to vinyl and like old old music, and but new new music, I like Don Tolliver a lot. Um, this guitarist Melanie Faye. She's pretty dope. It can be old too. Oh, old too? Oh, yes. Stevie Wonder, Kanye. Um, Yeah, Kanye really got me into hip hop. Stevie Wonder got me into music, period. But those are my big influences. Those are great influences. (laughs) So what should we look forward, besides the album, what else do you have going on this year? We'll be looking out for everything, but what should other people be looking out for? Um, I got two videos dropping real, real soon. Um, I don't know if I can tell you the dates yet, so I don't know. But the album is dropping in April, so just be ready for that and everything that comes with that. I can't even talk too much. And merch coming soon. Ooh, wait, tell us about the merch. I can't, I can't. Okay. <laughs> I can't even. Yeah. Now that you're signed, you're signed to secrecy. <laughs> this is a test. This is really just a test for you. <laughs> um, Thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Sure, I love your podcast and your interviews, man. Keep it up. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Two Virgins. We hope you enjoyed getting to know London Avery and check out his upcoming album, London Avery. You can find this episode on our website, quarantinecontent.com or on our weekly newsletter, The Q. See you next week.